day 15. I realise that the stairs in our townhouse are not the north face of the Eiger or the summit of Ben Nevis or Ayaraki, but they do present a reasonable challenge each morning and evening. Ice axe and crampons are not required, but I do need a Sherpa to reach the top and successfully descend the next day. I've now completed this journey 32 times. In a few more weeks, I may start to feel more like Sisyphus than Edmund Hillary, and although both understood the need to persevere in the face of adversity, neither achieved their summits on their backside. This is the way I shuffle up and down the stairs. Keeping going through the ups and downs, meeting the small challenges and looking for strength and courage to keep going is how perseverance happens and resilience grows. Today, I'm thankful for friends around the world who are keeping going as they face challenges greater than mine every single day. And I'm thankful that the wood in our stairs is polished so my travelling up and down does not accrue splinters in my bottom. At any major sporting or cultural event, access is a big issue. You are issued with a ticket or a pass depending on your role and status that determines where you are allowed to go. An access all areas pass opens pretty much every door and gives you the right of entry to areas restricted to the general public. David is asking questions of access in today's psalm. Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? The one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbour and casts no slur on others, who despises a vile person but honours those who feel the Lord, who keeps an oath even when it hurts and does not change their mind, who lends money to the poor without interest, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent. Whoever does these things will never be shaken. Who is allowed access to the Lord? It is not just an issue of temporary access like credentials that are issued for an event. The question is, who may make their home with God? Who can dwell in your sacred tent or live on your holy mountain? The adjectives highlight the holiness of God. Who can enter and remain in the presence of the Holy God? The answer is that the bar is high, that only people who live like God can live with God. What this looks like is spelled out in broad brushstrokes. It comes down to living a blameless life and doing what is right. There follows a breakdown of what this looks like in practice. It is to do with our hearts, our mouths, our actions and our decisions. There are negative examples to avoid and positive examples to follow. And there is a cost to this way of living. It is countercultural 
and does not follow what would be considered fair enough behaviour. Going back on a promise when circumstances change is justifiable. But changing your mind here is not an option even when this hurts. Charging interest on a loan is standard practice, but is not to be applied when lending money to the poor. Accepting bribes is common in many cultures, but these are not to be accepted against the innocent. This concern for the poor and the innocent and the desire for them to be treated well reflects the heart of God. These examples are mostly to do with money. Finance and faith are not two parallel universes where different rules apply. The Bible generally has a fair bit to say about money, commerce and stewardship of resources. Our attitude to money says a huge amount about our character and our priorities. The same is true of what we say. Speaking the truth from our hearts, uttering no slander, casting no slur on another. What we say about other people says a huge amount about who we are. Putting people down, casting aspersions about their character, making accusations and spreading gossip can easily become an accepted part of our conversation. David also identifies the importance of standing against those who are self-serving and wicked and standing with God's people and of doing no wrong against their neighbour. Doing the right thing is the standard for those who would live like God and live with God. The first letter of John puts this into a New Testament context. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Of course, we know that no one can reach this standard. Not one of us has a walk that is blameless or who always does what is righteous. The good news is, that there is a righteous one who is blameless. Jesus, through his death and resurrection, opened up access to God. Paul explains the basis for our access in his letter to the Ephesians. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. So we have a better answer to the question David asks about who can dwell with the Lord and live with him. Our answer is that we can because of Jesus. We can be in his holy presence because of the Holy Spirit. We have a new family, a new citizenship and a new home. We respond to this grace and mercy by seeking to live in God's way and we share that conviction that David ends the psalm with. That we 
will not be shaken.